Praise God. Alright, can I teach it? Okay, let's go. Um, John 5.24 Thank you Lord. Thank you Jesus. John 5.24 John 5.24 is one of my favorite, um, one of my most favorite portions in the Bible. Um, Jesus put so many um, so many interesting things together in just one statement. John 5.24 Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, he that hears my word and believes in him who sent me has what? Everlasting life. That already is a topic on its own. But it connects to something. It says, and shall not come into what? I want you to see this. I'm not stopping there. I'm not explaining it. It says, he that believes in me has everlasting life. Please get this. And shall not come into... It's amazing. That means that the believer will never come to condemnation. This is serious teaching. We're going to teach it. Um, when I start teaching properly the topic popularly called righteousness, I only ask you to tighten your seat belt. Alright? Um, uh, it's not what you think it is. Jesus said the believer will not come into condemnation. Paul was writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and he said that the spiritual man is judged by nobody. Those, those are very interesting statements. Alright? So he said you will not come into judgment. You know, and many of us um, grew up with this um, belief, almost all of us, belief that, you know, one day they're going to line all of us up, you know, and then an angel will come and open the book of life, and then they'll be checking your book in it, and some of you still think like that, you know, and then if they find your name in the book of life, then they tell you to enter, you know, if they don't find your name in the book of life, then they send you to hell, you know, and all those stuff, it, it's, it's not the Bible. That's not proper interpretation of what the scripture was saying. Um, allow me to say it this way. Like I said, I'm not teaching that, but we will get there. Nobody's going to be looking for your own name in the book of life. Alright? Um, that judgment day. You know we have this fear about the judgment day is coming. That verse we read said, what did he say? You will not come into judgment. It says you will not be judged. That judgment doesn't belong to you. There is another judgment. And that other judgment, you find it in 2 Corinthians, where Paul says we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. It is not the great white throne judgment. At the great white throne judgment, the nations will come before God. The dead will come before Him. Everything will flee. And then they'll be opening books, and then we'll open the book of life to see if their name is there. That judgment, by that time that judgment is taking place, you are likely sitting down as a judge. You hear what I just said? You are a judge. Alright? First Corinthians 6. I want you to see something. We'll pick it from verse 1. This is very clear. Um, Dear any one of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unrighteous and not before... He's saying, why, why do many believers carry cases to the court? That's what he's saying here. So, this will make a good contemporary debate. <laughs> verse 2. Do you not know that the saints will do what? Have you seen one? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, 
Are you not worried to judge what? So why are you carrying yourself to the court? Can't you handle all those issues? You'll be one day dealing with the whole world. Next verse. Read for yourself. Do you not know that who will judge angels? Point at the neighbor, say you. So you don't know, you, you, you know, the church was raised to think that we will be judged. So we are waiting for the day we are going to be judged. It shifts your perspective when you are told you are the judge on that day. You are the judge. You are not to be judged. You are sitting at the judgment of the world. You are the senate. You are the house. But we, we don't know who we are. Hebrews, Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 22. It says, but you have come to where? Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Judah, to an innumerable company of angels. Next verse. To what? Alright, stop. What is a general assembly? General assembly should be like what? House of Rep, General Assembly, what, what are you called? You are called the General Assembly, the church then means the Ecclesia. Those that have been called out, called out to do what? You now connect with Peter, it says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, you are the holy nation, you have been called out to do what? You are the kings and you are the priests. But we are still waiting for when somebody will judge us. The day you got born again, your judgment passed. Oh, glory to God. John 5, 24. You know, so believers just have this funny thing with, um, you know, when the rapture comes, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it. If you're not sure you'll make it, then you're not sure you're even a Christian to begin with. Christians shouldn't doubt whether they will make it or not. And that's why this teaching needs to help the body of Christ. Stop allowing teachings about rapture to scare you. It's a family reunion. You hear what I just said? I said stop allowing teachings on rapture to scare you. It is what? Family reunion. Yes, you prepare for it, but you are not to be scared by it. It's a family reunion. 1 John 3, from 1. Right, before 1 John 3, 1, let's do, it was 9, 28. 28. Read with me, once to go. Christ was offered once to bear away sins of many. To those that eagerly do what? Wait for him, it will appear a second time. So the next time he's coming, he doesn't have a business with sin. So it's coming again, King James says, without sin, unto salvation. So people get to ask, but salvation there doesn't mean we are not saved. No, there's a two-part salvation. There's a one-part salvation that says you are already born again and you are already a citizen of heaven. But the last part of the salvation is that your body will now become like his own body. 
then the salvation is complete. Who, who understands that English? Let me help you with a verse. Philippians 3, 20, 21. But Hebrews 9, that read said, Jesus is coming without sin. So the second coming is not about, I want to come and catch who is doing right and who is doing wrong. It's not an issue of sin. Philippians 3, 20 first. Talks about citizenship. 20, then we'll pick it into 21. Alright, watch this. Read with me, want to go? For our citizenship is where? Alright, question. Are you a citizen of Nigeria? Are you a citizen of Nigeria? If you go to any world, any country in this world, and they deport you, where would they send you to? Why? Do you need a visa to enter Nigeria? Why? Are you sure? If you mess up anywhere and they want to bounce you, where would they send you to? Because you are... Philippians 3.20 says you are what? Citizen of heaven. What does it mean? You guys are thinking. If they bounce you from anywhere, where will you end up? They are not simple. Do I need a visa to go to heaven again? You know, 2 Corinthians says that you are the ambassador of Christ. Does the ambassador need visa to get home? And you're like, hmm. It says we are citizens of heaven. Alright, read, read the verse yourself. Can you read it please? Open your Bibles. 20 and we'll do 20 and then 21. It says what? For we our citizenship is where? In heaven. Watch this. From whence we also look for who? The Savior, the Lord who? I'm connecting the word Savior here to the salvation we read. That he will appear without sin unto Salvation, Hebrews 9. Alright? Watch this. Watch the salvation. Verse 21. What's the salvation? Who shall change our vile bodies that it might be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able also to subdue all things unto... That is the only salvation left for the believer. The salvation is not heaven. Also, so if I live anyhow on earth, will I still make heaven? Wait till when we start doing the teaching. Rapture is not... Can, can, I, can I say it in a, very, in a way that I think is simple enough? Heaven is not a reward. Heaven is not a reward. Let me face this with this. Heaven is not a reward. God is not rewarding you with heaven. So that you make heaven is not a reward. And is not a prayer point. That you are a believer, you are automatically a citizen of heaven. In getting to heaven or on getting to heaven, then you will get your reward. Is that English clear? When you get to heaven, then they will give you what? The reward. The reward is not heaven. The reward is waiting for you 
in heaven. So you will first of all get where? Who we'll call the assembly back? Everybody is together, the family is united, everybody is in one place. Then the reward begins. You, you did great things, take. You, you didn't do anything, take. You. Then you get your reward. Well, you are in heaven. In, in, in Timothy, Paul wrote and said, in a great house, there are vessels of honor, and then there are vessels of dishonor. But all of them are still where? In the house. The same way you have bowls that are in the bathroom, they don't enter kitchen. And you have kitchen bowls that don't enter bathroom, but they are still all where? In that house. So heaven is that house. Your presentation, concentration, and functionality as a believer now determines which part of the house you function. God does not choose where you will function. And he doesn't choose the honor he will bestow on anybody. Second Timothy. We left from John and we'll get back to John quickly. Alright, Second Timothy, are you there? From verse 19. We should like this one back in those days. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. So it says, nevertheless, which is the truth, please. Foundation of the Lord stands sure. Having this deal, right? What does it say after that? The Lord knows them that belong to Him. Let everyone that names the name of the Lord. Alright, so people say, only God knows who is serving Him. No, He ends with the one that names the name of the Lord. So you two, you know yourself. But look at verse 20, so we don't take too much time there. What does 20 say? But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold or silver, but also of wood and of earth. Some to what? Honor. And some to dishonor. Look at 21. If any man therefore purge himself from this, he shall be what? Vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, and prepared for every... So who determines who the vessel of honor is? The person or God? Is the person. Not God. Oh God, use me. Nice, but make yourself available. So, you determine. You go a long way in determining. Can I determine? Can I know if I'll get a great reward when I get to heaven? Yes. Look at your works. Your works will speak. When Paul was ending, he told Timothy, I've run the race. I've fought the fight. I've done my job. One day we're all going to meet the same master. We're all going to get our reward. We're all going to be in heaven if we're all born again. So getting to heaven is not the question. Heaven is not the reward. When we get to heaven, we will get the reward. The rapture, as we popularly call it anyway, simply a family reunion. Every member of the family, everyone in the house, Everybody will be changed. Everybody will be transformed. Everybody will not get the same reward on everything. But everybody will get something. It's a family reunion. It's a reunion of love. 
We popularly quote John, John 1 John 4.17 that says, As he is, so are we in the world. But that is a B part of the verse. The complete verse says we are not going to be ashamed on the day of judgment. We are not going to be ashamed on the day of judgment. It says love has been perfected where? In, amongst us in this, that we may have what? Boldness when? In the jail of judgment. Why? But when believers hear about judgment, it is fear. It's not love. So our love as a church is not perfected. That says perfected love will cast out fear. When you hear that Jesus is coming in your heart, you don't be panting extra. But what do you do about it? Yeah, you make sure you're doing something. You're busy doing something. Good stuff. But whether I'm busy doing something or not, I'm meeting him. I'm going home as it were. Not permanent home, but glory to God. Amen. Alright, so back, back to where we were. John, John 5, 24. John 5, 24. Glory to God. Amen, amen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes in him that sent me, what will happen to him? Shall have everlasting life and shall not what? Come into judgment, but as what? Please, somebody say pass. Help me. Say, say pass. It says, anybody that receives me, meaning the person is born again, he has passed from death to life. The word pass there means to change location. That means the person that believes in me has changed location from death into what? Life. Now, let, let, let's, let's make some things clear. What is death and what is life? He's talking to people who are alive, so he's not saying they will be resurrected from the dead necessarily. No. That means death, according to what Jesus is saying here, is not to be physically dead. So how do we get that? Okay, let, let me allow you to say that part again. Say, pass from death to life. Please just help me. Say, passed from death to life. Passed from death to where? Who has passed? The one that is born again. The one who believes in Jesus and receives the testimony. That person has passed. Now, if I pass from death to life, and as the teaching has been going on, we said that death was introduced into this world when Adam sinned. Is that true? Death was introduced, not physical death. When Adam sinned, then brother began to kill brother. Then there was envy. Then there was sickness. Then the earth was cursed. Then, then evil things began to happen on the earth. Do you remember Genesis 3? God told Adam, because of you, the ground is cursed. You're going to have to sweat before you can eat. God told Eve, hey, you're going to have to labor to give birth in pain. You're going to have to bear your children. All those things were part of death. Sin, sickness, volcanic eruption, tsunamis, whatever they are. Everything is death. And the Bible says the person that is born again has passed from death. To life. I want you to think like this. 
Death is a realm or a location. Life is another realm or another location. What is obtainable in Nigeria is not necessarily obtainable in London. Am I correct? That means whatever is obtainable in the realm of death is not obtainable in the realm of life. That means whatever you experience in the realm of death, summary of it should be called what? Death. Who got me? This is the realm of what? Death. Hope you don't mind. I'll stay more there. Um, if it will make any difference. Let me put on the slides. Let's It's a bit dark. It's a bit dark. And this is a bit bright. Alright. Anybody get where I'm going? A little bit. Alright. So let's say this is where? Life. And then this is where? So, what happens in the realm of death? Darkness. Wickedness. Evil. Sickness. Premature death. Accidents. Death, everything happening in the realm of death is something has to die. Something has not to work. Something has to spoil. Something has to decay. Something has to go wrong. It is death. It is the realm of death. Then suddenly, you pass into what? Life. What happens here? Things are bright. Things are beautiful. Life is good. Things are working. Things are colorful. You are making progress. Babies are being born. Women are okay. Marriages are fine. Everything is alright. Now, if we pass from death to life, why haven't passed? Are we still experiencing death as though we were in the realm of death? Anybody catch me now? Are we in the realm of death or we're in the realm of life? Now, we're in the realm of life but our thoughts are filled with death. The average prayer life or the average prayer point of the average believer is filled with what? Fear, a consciousness of death. A believer wants to travel and has to bind demons on the expressway. Has to pray against accidents. Who understands what I'm saying? Where, where are we? Are we here or are we here? Are we in the realm of death? Where exactly are we? Life. Is death stronger than life? That, that was a very quick answer. That question might be answered after five weeks of meditation. You should understand what I'm saying. We are quick to answer it, but by the time we go back home and think about how we think, our minds have a different answer. How do you know that God is powerful? God can save. Alright? Then one Baba Lao comes now and enters church on a Sunday morning service and starts doing oh, bono, 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 bono. you know some believers say blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Are we here death or are we here life? So what leads your prayer point? Death or life? No, no. Don't answer on what you think I'm saying. Think with me. So that we can change. If we don't change our thinking, we cannot change our experiences. Alright? We're all just being in church and not through the good service. Great teaching. But we're not allowing our experiences to change. Because we're not telling ourselves, 
I need to confront my experiences with what I'm learning. We all see water that is not good. We want to take our bath and you feel like there might be stops in the water. Then you take some antiseptic liquid. You pour it in there. What happens to your conscience? Uh, you know, somewhere in your mind, you know life is stronger than death. Somewhere in your mind. You know life is stronger than death. You know when they rush you to the hospital and then they hit three straight injections to your backside. Uh, it pains you, but after a while you get better. So you know something can counter something. Right? So somewhere in our experiences, we've seen laws at work and we have seen one law counter the other. We have seen death trying to reign and something stop it. Who understands what I'm talking about? Alright? We have seen bitter tea. Not because tea is bitter, but it's just tea. We have seen it get transformed by the introduction of what? Sugar. So you've seen something counter something. So what is stronger, life or death? So if death is coming, what can stop it? So Jesus in John 10 says the thief comes to do what? Steal and to kill and to destroy. But I came to give you what? So do we have life or we have death? Then why do we pray on death records? Why, why do we pray? What I mean is, uh, why are prayer points filled with, Oh Lord, let not death overtake me. We don't say it like that, but we say, Lord, may I find favor. Lord, may, may, may I not have an accident. The fact that you think you may shows your mind is filled with what? Anybody catching me this morning? The fact that you think you might shows what is on your mind. Reveals your thoughts. The fact that you think someone is doing you, do, you about do, doing you, shows that somewhere in your mind, and this is a shame to many Christians, it's very painful and it's very shameful, not to say, but I've waited for too long, I've waited for too long. It needs, it, we need to analyze your waiting. We need to analyze your waiting. Some Wednesdays ago I said, we always say that Abraham waited for 25 years to give birth to Isaac. And I said, no, he didn't. Because God never promised Isaac, or Abraham did not get the scope of Isaac in Genesis 12. What did God say in Genesis 12? Get out of your country, your kindred, your father's house, to a land I'll show you, I'll make your blessing, I'll make your name great, you will be a blessing, I'll bless them that bless you, cousin that curse you, and you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Where was Isaac? Not mentioned. Abraham didn't wait for 25 years to get Isaac. Isaac wasn't mentioned. And even when God and Abraham started talking Abraham, I mean started talking Isaac, Abraham's faith wasn't active. But when Abraham clicked his faith, he only took Sarah three months to get pregnant. When God changed Abraham's name, how old was Abraham? 99. When did Abraham give birth to Isaac? 
Hundred. Or just that space that Isaac came out of. The final thing God had to do with Abraham was to change his final thinking. You know that the way that you were in school and you are confessing, I have A, I have A in this exam. But in your mind, a big capital letter C has been written there somewhere. Yeah. So no matter how you try to confess the A, you are not writing above the lead that has been set. Many believers have a lead inside them, they don't know. Set by thoughts, set by pictures, and it becomes what the Bible calls a stronghold. So, ten messages still don't knock off that stronghold. Twenty messages don't knock out that stronghold. So, you hear a church like this, oh, if your cattle is... You, you know, in the blessing of Abraham, even their cattle should not be barren. Who knows that? And you come to a church like this, and now, yeah, your cattle should not be barren. If your cattle cannot be barren, then you don't need to pray about your wife. Then, yeah, maybe a bishop, but a testimony, who said he came back from a journey... And then the wife came and said, I went to the hospital, and the doctor said, I have miscarriage. He, now, he just looked at her and said, Give me my food. You know, that kind of faith. <laughs> Give me my food. You know, same thing happened with Pastor Debo, actually, similar, similar instance. Said, give me my food, give me my food. Man. That, that's not something to be discussed. But Bishop Oliko said, at the time the devil told him, I'll make sure your wife will not get pregnant. And he said, he told the devil, and I'll make sure I don't pray about it. It, listen, you're on that, you're, you're, it, it's the configuration. It's not a different Holy Spirit. It's a configuration. And many people are too lazy to walk on that configuration. It's a configuration. So you come to a church like this, you now hear everything we say, you now go home and just want to rest on a Sunday afternoon and you just want to want TV and want, you know, pastors giving God, you know, this woman, she didn't give her five years because they locked her womb in the village, village. And you're sitting there and say, ha, ah, maybe my auntie is from village. That already just shows you that your conversion is not set. 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 There's a set. There's a setting. You understand? When you are fixed, my ass is when you are free, they can't beat that revelation out of you. No matter what it is. Many, many people, they go to churches, but they are not fixed. You know, Pastor Kingsley Okonkwa, some of you know, you see him on TV. You know, we saw one of his babies, and I didn't even know that the lady was adopted. Until later, when I paid him a visit, his wife was in the U.S. So my wife and I, you know, was giving us the gist of how it happened. My wife had chatted with the wife. You know, I, I think what seven seven years? Now I'm not saying that someone says I, I need to wait for seven years. Don't get me wrong. Seven years, eight years, eight years. All that while she had gone for one test, this test, and I'm not against tests. I've done tests. Okay, but not exactly. If I need to, I'll do tests. <laughs> but I'm taking pill. All right. But no, but get me. But I'm saying I'm talking about something setting inside you. He, he was paying for all the tests his wife was doing. You know, one day the doctor now said, I need to see your husband. So she told him, I can tell you what he will say, but I will deliver your message. <laughs> so she told the doctor, he's not coming. But I'll tell you what he's going to say. You know, and I'll tell you what he, and he, you know, she, she got home and said, and the doctor said, <laughs> you know, I think he said something about, uh, so, who examined Abraham there? Abraham gave birth. 
Obviously, that was what he had been meditating on. Now she's pregnant again for second child. They've given her first son. No, 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 no. Get this. There's a pattern. Even when your business is not working, and someone says, why don't we try and do something? There's one Baba somewhere, let us pray. Do you know believers go to all these places? Their head is not correct. And I'm not speaking that, I'm not saying it in English, I'm saying it in Bible tense. Their Bible tense is not set. Do you understand that? When your tense is set. That's why when God told Abraham, I am your shield, and your exceeding great reward. Abraham said, God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? God would have warned you, what am I saying, what are you saying? I just said I'm everything to you. So if you need a child, just discuss with me. Because as far as I'm concerned, I don't see you childless. Alright, somewhere along the line, my message looks like it wants to take a turn, but I just trying to take a little turn so you learn something. Romans 4, 17. Romans 4, 17. God, when God changed Abraham's name, God said something to Abraham that was the key. That thing God said to Abraham showed us how God saw Abraham. It now helped Abraham to see himself the way God saw him. Watch this. As it is what? Written, I have made you what? Do you remember how God told Abraham in Genesis? Did God say, I will make you? What did God tell him? Anybody got that? Think about that for a minute. God, I need a job. I need a job. I need a job. I have made you job, job full, have you? God, I need a baby. I need a baby. I need a baby. God said, I have, I have, not I will. Watch this. Stay with the verse. Watch this. As it is written, I have, not I will, not I'm about to. I have made you a father of many nations. Watch this. In the presence of God, whom he was. Believe even God that gives life to what? The dead and calls things that be not. God says that Psalm 19 is settled. Say settled. Say settled. Say settled. It's settled with God, but the issue is it's not settled with us. Next verse. It's not what I was trying to stay with. But next verse. Alright. Who contrary to hope this word? Believed in hope, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your seed be. Give me, give me NIV. I have always loved NIV on this verse. People say when we teach faith, we encourage people to deny the circumstance. Faith is not a denial of circumstances. The person that denies circumstances does not understand faith. Faith does not deny the circumstance. Faith changes the circumstance. I don't know if you got that. Faith says this is it. But I'm changing it to this. It is darkness. I want light. God did not come out and say, Oh, is it dark? No, I can't notice though. It's not dark. Oh. It's not dark. It's not dark. And that's what you do. Are you, are, you, are you feverish? No, 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 no. No, fever can. No, over my devil. Fever, fever. That is not a faith confession. You just missed it. You just misfired. When we teach faith to come to others. That's not a faith. You are denying something. Faith doesn't deny. Faith changes what it is. Watch this. Without weakening in his faith, he did what? Faith the fact that his body was as good as death 
since he was about a hundred years old, and Sarah's womb was also what? Dead. Next verse. Yet, he saw the fact, but yet, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. So this is the situation of the Lord. I give you praise. I don't deny what I see, but I thank you because I have something else. Glory to God. That's faith. As you learn this series, you will learn how faith works. It's together with the series. You've heard this guy taking people to the hospital now. So it's not a big deal. It's not, where, where are you coming from? Some people don't even like to say they went to the hospital. I, I, I just went down the road. I, I, I just went down the road. Down the road. What's happening down the road? You went there, they gave you five injections. Glory to God. They should give you more. If it's what you need. Listen, he that fights and runs away lives to fight another day. You don't have to prove a point with your faith to die. Do you understand that? If you tried working by faith, it didn't work, go do what you need to do. It doesn't spoil the faith. The faith can be growing while you are taking your drugs. You've heard me say that. After a while, do you understand? Your faith can change things. I grew up reading books of men like Charles Caps. Charles Caps was a farmer. Anytime he went into the woods, he always, you know, had this irritation on his body, you know, because his skin reacted to poison ivy. So he'll wear gloves, wear everything. He goes into the woods. He'll come out with all the reactions, you know, and he uses all the calamine lotion and everything, you know. And then he started telling himself, I'm redeemed from the curse of the Lord. He started telling himself. You know, some of us, you know what we just do there? I'm allergic to, and the story ends there. Which is not bad. doesn't stop you as a believer. But Charles Scott said, nothing, nothing can rule me. That a believer tends to have dominion. Nothing can rule me. But when he, he starts his confession, but when he's going to the bush again, he still wears all the cover your body. He will still wear it. And he goes back again. And he comes out again, the thing is on his body. And he starts saying, my skin does not react to poison ivy. I am redeemed. My skin does not react to poison ivy. I'm free from any infection. I'm free from any allergy. My, and he keeps, he said he did that for about eight months. He said, now I can literally use my bare hands to peel poison ivy off a tree. No reaction. It took that long for him to rework his configuration. Some of you will talk faith, 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 faith in church. You step out, something about fear just comes to your mind. You know what I'm talking about. You might need five months of configuration on fear. Might even be three weeks. Might even be four days. God hasn't given me the spirit of fear. And you're telling yourself. God hasn't. They tell you, oh, you have an interview it's in Abuja. Ah, maybe that's where they want to catch me. I'll die in the plane. And that has grounded a lot of Christians, you know. They don't fly. You know, even to go to Ibadan, they are afraid. Some of you might be here right now. And it's not that we count that one demon of fear. By the reconfiguration of your senses, that thing will just wear out. But many believers are not needing to take the time to reconfigure themselves. This church were, were less than 20 for 6 months. But I kept on speaking the word. 
I kept on speaking. Even when we have four new members, five old members will travel. Something will just make sure we don't cross 20. I could have said it was a demon somewhere. But I've spent eight hours stretch speaking God's word. This top floor. Eight. I've done eight. Stretch. Speaking the word. Just reconfigure your thinking. Just see. You just, what looked impossible becomes possible. I'll carry my chair. Go to the back of the hall. Sit down. And that small hall upstairs now. There's now children's church. Great job. If you've not been there. I don't know if you can see a lot. I don't know. Yes, last week was when you can go and visit children's church. But good job. Nice job upstairs. You know. But that upstairs. They all started... I'll carry my chair to the back of the hall. And that hall looks so big. And I'm sitting at the back and my mind is going, when is this place going to be filled? And I say, no, the blessing of the Lord, it makes us rich. It adds no sorrow to us. And I'll be doing that. And I'll be doing that. I could feel sleepy. I could take a stroll across the road, buy five naira biscuit, buy pure water, come back, sit down. The blessing of the Lord makes us rich. Blessing of the Lord. Somewhere my mind just shifted. This thing will work. It's a configuration. You, you configure your senses. You fall sick regularly. And when you do, it's bad. After teaching on health, related topic since Wednesday, please, come on Wednesday. Get last Wednesday's teaching. What do I do? How do I sit with the word? How do I speak the word? How do I talk the word? How do I meditate on the word? Guys, are we in the realm of death or are we in the realm of life? So death must know it has stopped. Death cannot rule over us. We used to be slaves in the realm of death. Now we are kings in the realm of life. Glory to God. It says much more. They that receive abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness. They will reign in life. The word life that fills the world away. It means that God's essence. That realm. That, that thing about God. So I'm in this realm as a king. In this realm things should be good. In this realm things should be fine. In this realm even when darkness is trying to come. Like Jesus sleeping on the boat. We just get up and say peace. Be still. Because they will still try to come. We are still on the earth. Darkness will try to find a way. But when you shine the light, darkness will run away. Bible says, resist the devil. He will run. But we are busy running. It's time to stop running. It's time to face the devil. And say, I used to be your slave, but not anymore. Devil, this is your portion. Now, this is my portion. Devil, you can't trust from your place to my place. But guess what? Devil, I can come from my place to your place. Hey! So I say, how possible? Bible says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Ghost and with power, he went about doing good. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The one that concerned him, the one that did not concern him. Devil, you cannot come into my business like I can enter your business. You hear what I just said? He can't come to my business. I'm a king in my realm. I'm a king in this realm of life. We've allowed the devil to scare us for too long. For allowed him to reign for too long. There's a new king in town. It's time to tell the devil, not you. And that's me. And the devil, I can enter your business. Every believer here, you are a king in your domain. It's time to reign. Someone else might not really have the liberty to reign in your realm. You are the king in your life. Speak to your health. Speak to your body. Speak to your own finances. Speak to yourself. Don't let the devil cheat you anymore. 
If he says you will die in an accident, tell him, no, 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 no. With long life. Can we just do something before I round off Psalm 91? I, I guess we have amplified. Well, you guys know from the beginning, right? He that dwells where? Secret place of the most high shall abide where? No, okay. We'll, we'll do King James till we get to where I need amplified. I need amplified. Just, just one interesting place like that. One very interesting. Alright, he that dwells where? Shall abide where? Now, there was something that was being said here we use for confession. It's fine. I'll say of the Lord. What will you say of the Lord? My repute, my fortress, my God. Come on, surely. Get on from stand the father from the noisome. He covers me with his feathers and under his wings. His truth and shield. Alright. Thou shalt not be afraid of what? That means there might still be terror by night, but I'm not fearing the terror by night. You know, he didn't, he didn't say they will not fashion the weapon against you. He just said the weapon will not prosper. Do you get the difference? So when believers see that weapons are fashioned against them, they are afraid. No, he didn't say there will be no weapon fashioned against you. He said no weapon fashioned against you. So they will fashion the weapon against you. Believers are afraid when they hear that people are gathering. No, God said they will gather. Come on. Laugh like a king. Talk like a king. Feel like a king. Because you are the king. You ready? When people gather, God says, He that sits in heaven shall laugh. You not be afraid of hell by night, nor the hour that flies by day. Now for persons that walk in darkness or for destruction that waste in noonday, a thousand may fall at your side. Then thousand on the right hand, what will happen? Now let's read Amplified here. Amplified. Watch this. Verse 7 into 8. A thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. It will not come near you. Eight now. Only what? Shall you be yourself what? Inaccessible. In a secret place of the most high. As you witness the reward of the wicked. When evil things happen. I become a spectator. You know what the spectator is? I'm just on the, on the stands watching. Hey, ooh, I'm just watching. I'm just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a bystander. I'm just watching. Anybody like that one? The devil cannot encroach on your rights. If he does, you allow him. Bible says, the devil is walking about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may. He cannot devour everybody. He's looking for whom. He's taking permission. Row, row. When he to say, ah, he say, ah, you are the one, you are the one. But when he says, row, he just goes, ah. That's the truth. And we need to learn how to do it by faith. Sometimes you have a sharp pain in your head. You say, go in Jesus' name. And the pain is there for another four hours. I say, how are you feeling? The pain is there. I will need to teach you how to do these things. The pain is there, but it's gone in Jesus' name. The feeling, the moment you said, amen, that thing left. But the thing will stay. It's staying because it wants you to give up on your stand. When you give up on your stand, it enters again. But I felt it the same way. Yes. Sometimes you get prayed for, the thing goes, five weeks later, the same feeling you had comes back. You know the first thought you have? Ah, this thing has come back. Guess what you just did? You just allowed it. But when it comes, I say, no, no, no. You left some weeks ago. Stay where you are. Just and that. But believe I say, oh, you know that my sickness. Eh, I'm feeling it now. It has come. Say, ah, you just called it a name. My sickness. It has come. It, why won't it come? 
you must understand the language of authority. You must understand the language of faith. Faith doesn't fake it. Faith wants to see it to change it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Glory to God. Say I pass from death to life. Come on, say I pass from death to life. Say I pass from death to life. Now please say this with me. Say God is my father. Therefore, I boldly declare, I am one spirit with him. So we are inseparable. All that he has, he has given unto me because I'm his heir. All that Jesus has and is, I am because I'm a joint heir with him. His presence is ever in me and I'm ever in his presence. He lives in me and I live in him. I am a partaker of his divine nature. The fullness of the Godhead lives in me. The fullness of life is in me. The fullness of love is in me. The fullness of light is in me. I have and I enjoy life and not death. I have and I enjoy life and not decay. I have and I enjoy life and not disease. I have and I enjoy light and not darkness. I have and I enjoy light and not confusion. I have and I enjoy love and not wickedness. I have and I enjoy love and not hate. I'm born of God. The DNA of my father is at work in me. I am his child. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to death. I'm no longer a slave to lack. I'm no longer a slave to shortage. I'm no longer a slave to defeat. I reign. I rule. I reign. I rule. And I have dominion. Glory to God. Lift your hands and give Him praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm no longer slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am God's child. Come on. You can think it, but you can just speak. And just tell yourself, death no longer all over my life. Now I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Now I'm no longer 
we are victorious the issues we are facing they are too small they are bread they are bread they are bread the devil wants you to see them like mountains but no they are small they are tiny things considered and compared with the life of God glory to God oh father we thank you we have life it's in us it's walking through us we are the ones that reign we are the kings no longer slaves we are victors glory to your name hallelujah glory to god hallelujah amen to jesus amen praise god